0: This is the Betting on Zero podcast, inspired by the award-winning 2016 financial documentary, *Betting on Zero, with hosts Burke Koontz and John Pickthorne. Okay, so here we are. We are live, and uh, we're on uh, Capitalism Maven. I'm Burke Koontz, and this is uh, my old friend, John, John Pickthorne. Pickthorn.
1: Thanks for having me, Burke.
0: Yes, sir. And uh, John uh, has a few roles. Uh, John happens to be Executive chairman of Maven. He's also, well, I'll let you, I'll let you uh, talk about all your various titles.
1: Sure. Yeah. No, I'm uh, exec chair at Maven these days and serve on a number of different boards and, and the co founder of Dialectic Capital. Uh, served for a while at, at B. Riley Financial as the leader of their alternatives. And now I'm back relaunching Dialectic and working with a lot of different companies. Uh, so, You know, most of my experience, Burke, as you know, was as a short seller, and Burke and I worked together on the Betting on Zero film. And so we've been having these conversations for a long time, and it's exciting to kind of have one recorded. Right,
0: exactly. So, you know, for background, we've been doing this kind of off the cuff for a long time, uh, you know, whether it's in the office or, uh, you know, over a drink or, you know, and, and, we both, I believe, feel like the the narratives of these uh, of the markets, the narratives of politics, you know, tend to merge, and and these narratives, you know, take on a life of their own, and the stories that that emerge are often compelling. And, you know, we start we made the movie together um, based on that sort of premise, and um, you know, I, I think as we build out, uh, we continue to have these conversations. You know, this this little podcast might become interesting to some people, so we thought we we thought we'd keep doing what we're doing and just do it, you know, and record it and see what happens. So hopefully these people out there might find some of it, you know, interesting, if not all of it. <laughs> well, anyway, Well,
1: certainly not all of it, but I'll take even some of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, last night we obviously had a, a, a pretty big debate in this country, um, presidential debate. And, uh, John just want to kind of get your take on what you saw.
1: Well, I don't know. You couldn't, you know, as, as, as I want to name my podcast, you can't make this shit up, right? Like, I mean, that was the most absurd debate of two adults i think anyone's ever watched on national television uh you know right. i was a little bit embarrassed to be on either team or uh, even an american at some level uh you know you just wanted trump to to shut his mouth for a second so you could let biden say something stupid but instead trump just kept inserting his own stupidity into it and it was just a battle of who's a worse guy or who's less qualified to, for this role that they're both competing for. Right. It was, what did you think?
0: Well, I mean, I thought that the setup uh, favored Biden because Trump had made a mistake in telling everybody how senile his opponent was for a month. And then realizing his error, decided to go out and tell everybody that he was on Adderall and he was on drugs. And so you know, he did Biden a lot of, uh, he did him a big solid by doing that. And then so all Biden really had to do was show up and not be senile and or on drugs. And so the bar was low for him. Now that said, you know, like he's clearly not the same person he was 10 years ago. And, and, uh, um, and I think that, you know, I, I thought that Trump actually hammered him pretty hard early on and just the sheer force of Trump's personality really kind of, carried the day for a lot of it it got really weird toward the end <laughs> you know when uh curiously he wouldn't denounce white nationalists or white supremacists and then the whole um bit about the you know the peaceful transition but so it's obviously uh i, I think <laughs> no one won last night uh, and america probably lost
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it I, I often think back to the south park episode in 2004 of the giant douche versus the turd sandwich running for the school mascot and it's just sad that every election cycle you're like here we are again i just don't know which one is which but either way it's it's just a bad outcome i would agree that biden looks unhealthy and unfit right i kind of felt like i was watching the school bully take on the grandparent that had been let out of the clinic with alzheimer's and just watching him (laughs) beat him up on the front lawn and i i Yeah, there was. It was sad because you really want there to be a winner. And look, I yeah, Trump's a crazy person, but I don't necessarily dislike what he's gotten done over the last uh, four years. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm sitting there watching these two guys argue about basically who's a bigger criminal, right? Has Trump Trump committed tax fraud? Has Biden, you know, enabled his son to steal money from the Chinese and the Russians? All, all of which have fairly well-founded legitimacy in their claims. I mean, yes, maybe Trump used legitimate policies to only pay 750 bucks, but obviously, you know, he's not releasing his tax returns for a reason. And as we both know, when somebody's not giving an answer, there's probably- There's an answer. One, right? There's an answer that they don't want to give, right? right. You, just, you just never see that happen in, in corporations.
0: Right, right. Ah. Well, so- You know, I couldn't help but to harken back to, um, uh, you know, the last election uh, where uh, the conventional wisdom was, A, that Clinton would win and that, B, it would be horrible for markets if Trump did because of his plans to do tariffs and um, his generally sort of America isolationism uh, campaign. And yet, uh, you know, when the markets opened, well, they opened – the, you know, limit down you know, in, in the, uh, in the, uh, I will never,
1: the, I will never forget that night yeah, there. I was sitting running a short fund, right? Just I'd already had Brexit happen, right? Which was supposed to be a disaster. And then everything went up anyway. And then we get the Trump election and it's a disaster. And I just sat there drinking with my in-laws watching it, just watching futures dive kind mm-hmm. of giggling the whole way. Mm-hmm. And then I came in the next morning early and sat down with the analyst team and we put on a whiteboard okay, let's talk about who this is good for and who this is bad for. And by the time it was 8.30 and futures were already starting to turn a little bit, uh, you know, we realized it was almost good for everybody. We were like, oh, well, you want to buy energy. Is it good for banks? (laughs) <laughs> right, it's good for banks. It was yes, and you know, we ended up buying a bunch of uh health insurance innovations that morning on the open as much as we could because we thought, well, it's definitely good for health insurers, like we're going to get a free market in that space. But you're sitting there going, wait, how is this a disaster if it's good for every single sector that I look at? And so, you know, it's really interesting that the night of the election, everyone was wrong, right? That yes. just shows you how don't, don't run with the herd. Right. When you see everybody running in the same direction, it may be the hardest thing to do as a pack animal, but it's the thing that will kill you in the wild and save your life in the stock markets. Right. Oh, that's yeah. precise. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, markets are a, a recent uh, component of evolution.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they are, and it's yeah. and that was something that you know the people that didn't survive were the wildebeest that ran away from the pack over the course of our evolution. And yet if you're in the market and you're with the pack, yeah, it's gonna work for a little while, but then all of a sudden it you're really you're never gonna get an edge by running with all the animals. But if you turn around and run against them, as a short seller has to do very frequently, you often get trampled. So it does cut both ways. It's right. not as easy as <laughs> yeah. No, no, as just, it's not.
0: It's not. Yeah. Uh but that's, that's that's a fascinating take and and uh, you know, as a as a contrarian um you know, you you have to go the other way, uh, but um, but the oh, hello is that Deborah? Hello, Deborah.
1: Yes, that was Deborah's. Deborah, Deborah the puppy De- Debra and the from, puppy. Yes, from ripping the uh, ripping the cables off my desk. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. Challenges of dog birthday. animals. Yeah. Yes, Pack animals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, well,
0: so um, so on that note, you know, w- w- the uh, the, the with. I think it just underscores that, uh, I think as you and I both believe, John, um, you know, the whole, uh, the whole industry is predicated on, um, on the efficiency of markets and, and that, uh, you know, the markets being, you know, being right. And just, you know, assessing your risk appetite to do things. Whereas, you know, I think as a practitioner, you probably have a slightly different view.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I've always thought the efficient market hypothesis was the dumbest idea I've ever come across. And, you know, anyone who lives in the markets and really is a stock picker uh, doesn't believe in the efficient markets hypothesis and doesn't think markets are efficient. I think markets today are, uh, are fascinatingly inefficient, right? You're, You've got new influences that we didn't have 20 years ago. You have massive amounts of passive investing, which means Mm -hmm. if a stock's in an index, it gets one valuation. And if it's not, it gets a different valuation.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You
1: have a tremendous amount of computerized trading, which similarly doesn't care really about valuation. I mean, you think about an index, right? Somebody puts a dollar in an index. That index doesn't care if its components are overvalued or undervalued. They don't care what the CEO is going to say tomorrow. They don't care or know what earnings have to do, right? Same with an algorithmic function, assuming it's not an algorithm that's based on forecasting that stuff. Mm -hmm. So all this Mm -hmm. passive Mm -hmm. investing that is specifically disassociated with valuation metrics, which was the, you know, people used to always say, don't worry, stocks will always track fundamentals. But there's a tremendous amount of money today in passive investing that doesn't track fundamentals. And I would now add to that this, you know, Tens of trillions of dollars of central bank influence that also doesn 't care sure. about valuation right it just cares it views the entire equity complex and debt complex as, as an asset class and as a device to manipulate monetary policy
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, or drive monetary policy and so you know the the fundamental investor uh, has been effectively crowded out of the market by all of these other forces, and you know that is no more. Obvious today than in small and microcap stocks, where you look at stocks that are trading at, you know, I've got I, I'm buying a stock now that trades at one times last year's EBITDA. And it does not have a lot of debt or DA, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and so it's really one times cash flow. And yeah, it's an energy stock, but so great. Let, energy stocks are probably the end, uh, the the bottom of the barrel of that example, or the top of tip of the spear of that example. Mm-hmm, energy mm-hmm. stocks have have received vows from all the passive investing complexes to not, I won't invest in carbon based assets. Right. So you're just seeing 14 trillion people have signed up to this thing that says, I won't buy this no matter how good it is. Right. 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 Like this is the ultimate disassociation from efficient markets. This is, uh, this is a policy driven. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or people people decide they want to own Tesla because they like the idea of saving the world. Right. And and, then so you have all these other factors uh, at work in the market that are not, uh, that are not um, aligned with price discovery. You know, they're, they're sort of values discovery or values driven or, or just packaged, you know, like an ETF that, you know, where everyone uh, has a CEO with gray hair. I mean, right. know, th- th- that's, that's the same. I mean, what difference is that versus, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, or as uh, an ETF it where there, all the CEOs are women
1: and, and it may it, as well be, it is that arbitrary.
0: Right. Right.
1: Right. And, and the question is: Is that creating an amazing opportunity, or not? And how long are we going to have to wait to realize it? And can well, I stay and, liquid yes. or solvent longer? Yeah,
0: and that's that the I issue. It's longer. like it's you know, one of the old, uh, you know, Buffett saws. You know, the, the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay uh, solvent. And and um, you know, it's why it's why you know casinos are such. <laughs> it's why casinos exist, you know, right? You know, things okay. can go other, another way for a long time. But uh, but I, I I totally agree with you that the in a world where you have more and more trading sardines versus eating sardines yeah i mean like another old so it's like well you know that
1: was that was dan loeb's quote to me as we were making the movie on betting on zero huh and he had bought his position and driven the stock up Uh below 30 and then appeared to be selling it all in the low 40s and you know but initially came out like he was a real supporter in the company. And I saw him at the, the Navy SEAL Foundation event. And I said, Damn, what about Herbalife? I can't believe you're out. And he said, eh, it was more of a trading sardine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sardine. exactly.
0: But so, so eventually, um, you know, sardines are re-eating, I mean, they just are, it, <laughs> you know? And so um, I, I think that over time, uh, as you have more and more volume in the ETF world and more and more uh, you know factors at work. Uh, you know factor investing. You know there's. Um, it, it just has to create opportunity for people who's who are you know dedicated to following fundamentals.
1: Yeah, I've never had more fun uh, picking stocks on the long side mm-hmm. in an environment where I think the entire market complex is extremely risky. Right? right, I'm looking at stocks that are one times cash flow in a market that it's at all time highs, and you know. I saw the same opportunities on the short side right? uh-huh. before uh-huh. closing my short fund at the end of last year. Uh, I was massively short Wirecard. Uh, uh-huh. I was the one uh-huh. who disclosed it to the FT, Dialectic. You know, we reported it to the FT. We hired investigators out of London. We got them to go down to India, investigate the company, pull the tax filings, pull all the corporate filings, and found out that they were doing $3 million in revenue and we were losing a tremendous amount of money which was the opposite of what they were reporting publicly where they were doing something like 30 million in earnings and and some other number in revenue and it was this was information you could take to court like mm-hmm. i really had it had to be that good and we got the ft to write it up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was four years ago and after it got published uh, boffin the german regulator announced the next day that that they were going to start an investigation Mm-hmm. And I was so excited until I realized that the investigation was into us right. Uh, right. for potential stock manipulation. Right. Right. That's how corrupt it went. And so, you know, thank God the FT stayed on it for four years. But here you had a 15 billion euro definitively proved fraud, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I had all the evidence. Didn't matter. Cover the right. FT. Right. Didn't matter. Like, so where's the efficient market, right? For 14 years, you had this thing absolutely is a fraud and yet it it in fact went up another 150 percent from the first day that article was published right and i would argue you've got a bigger one in china with evergrande today uh where you've got evergrande sitting there with an over 200 billion dollar enterprise value today and yet i would argue it's been proven that it's also a a total fraud so
0: certainly it's been on the uh on the watch list for a lot of folks that um you know have a certain amount of skepticism of you know things that come out of uh, China and uh, and Evergrande has been um, it's you know it's it's not a it's not a big secret to a lot of folks that have been following it for some time like you have um, uh, you know it was interesting the price action last week why don't you remind us what we saw
1: hold on one second yeah there. Yeah,
0: yeah, sorry. sorry. That's all right.
1: Helping to keep my studio audience yeah, a little yeah. on the down low. So sorry, <laughs> yeah. me, sorry. Uh, to remind you of what what you what I saw. What?
0: Well, I mean, just talk, talk about. You know, we we saw uh, Evergrande basically um, collapse last week and then rebound.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, that's something people really need to keep an eye on. Right, uh, Wirecard was a fifteen billion euro total fraud. Right, mm-hmm. it has really had a a resounding effect throughout at least the DAX index in Germany and is going to ultimately get to e and and others. In the case of Evergrande, uh, you know, Evergrande, to give you a, an idea of the scope of absurdity, I strongly recommend you open up any one of their filings, right there in English, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started shorting it years ago, eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, These guys had 82 different regions in development and their slate for the year was to develop and deliver and sell and a a number of apartment complexes that would house the same number of people as the population of Dallas or Chicago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Today, that's double. Plus, they built the largest island, owned a water company, have an electric power company. They're launching uh, 42 Disney World's. They're launching another 30 uh, indoor spa. I mean, it's the craziest right. I- idea of a right. company it's, that you've ever seen. Yeah, and it's the, just the corporate beyond,
0: equivalent to the ghost cities.
1: It, it, it is, and I've gone to visit all those, right? And so the, the fascinating thing in China that I learned, and I think is something that, that we'll all, we're all going to see. Just like I knew we were going to see Ever uh, Wirecard someday, you're going to see this. The way China enables its financial system is, it's just a it's like the tri-party repo system that blew us up in, in 2008. Mm-hmm. And you see it in China. So Evergrande is issuing debt to its banks. So every one of its second-tier banks and now more of its first-tier banks are massively exposed to any problem these, these guys have, they have $180 billion in debt today, uh, and another $50 billion or $40 some odd billion dollars in market cap that's at least known. Uh, the banks put the paper into their wealth management products, like it's just been a constantly reissuing of paper to paper up losses or non-existent mm-hmm. uh, problems in other parts of the capital structure. But the key is that it's all incredibly tied together, like unbelievably tied together. And so what happened the other day, Evergrande went into freefall three days ago, went down to 12 bucks a share because all of a sudden people realized that these guys were going to be in default and there's really no way they were going to be able to pay uh, something like a $19 billion uh, payback to a bunch of shareholders when they they didn't get a certain security listed on a certain exchange in in Hong Kong uh, or in Shanghai. And so the stock was in freefall because it was going to be a default. And... I thought that really would be the trigger for everything, but like every moment as a short seller that I've experienced in the last ten years, the moment you think you've won is the same moment that everybody gets together and goes, "Oh my God, let's not let it die yet." Right. And so they somehow, in theory, got all those people who are owed that nineteen billion dollars to turn around and say, "Ah, don't worry, we, you, you're not." Gonna Maybe have next to week. Pay us. Right. Maybe next week. Right. right. Now we'll see. I just think it's the shot across the bow, right? Mm-hmm. The, the reality of the world today is coronavirus has caused enough capital destruction to make tenuous financial structures start to collapse, mm-hmm. right? It's the, it's the Buffett, the tide is out. Right. And so right. even these big guys. see who's been
0: swimming naked.
1: Yep. And so, you know, I just, I, it's going to get to these guys. It's going to get to... You're going to see it happen in China. You'll see it happen in other countries as well. At some point, maybe we'll talk about Brookfield in Canada because I think it's going to finally get to those guys also. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it, they're fascinating times. So
0: well, it does seem like that. Uh, you know, even getting back to the presidential debate, that we have this uh, this this you know theme of you know you're a fraud, you're not a fraud, I'm not a fraud. Uh, it, I mean it 's it's, it's an existential question that that uh you know everyone from uh, from you know multi billion dollar companies in china and Germany uh to presidential candidates are having to to ask and it's it's a it 's an interesting um i don 't know i don 't really know I how think, to get
1: i think it's i think it 's really emblematic of why everybody 's so damn angry mm-hmm. right like back in the nineties even at least it's kind of like markets were free enough so that if a company screwed up, they went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the guys at WorldCom in 2000 went to jail, right? Mm-hmm. Enron, they went to right. jail.
0: Right. Right?
1: right. In 2008, we decided as a nation, as a people, save everybody. Right. Right? A ton of people should have gone to jail. Right. right we should have really questioned the central bank that got us into that situation we should have really questioned the financial institutions that right. were clearly, and the policies and the policies mm-hmm. and the people but there were no heads on stakes at the entrance to the city there was no warning to next generations to not do this in fact it was quite the opposite mm-hmm. it was step in we're going to save everybody by the weakness we're going to make sure that the generation that made the bad ideas is is saved right right and that unfortunately has has just simply carried forward and, and grown. It's right. metastasized. Right.
0: And compounded. Like,
1: and, and that's what makes everybody so pissed off. Mm-hmm. Bad guys aren't getting punished. Bad investors aren't getting punished. Bad politicians aren't getting punished. Right. right? And that's what makes you kind of want to burn the whole thing down. Right. And that's where you get this outrage and the rage that I think you're seeing show up everywhere. Right. From BLM to whatever. So, right.
0: right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, um, I, I think we have, we'll have a lot to talk about over the course of the next, uh, you know, as, as long as we can keep coming up with fun stuff, um, you know, different angles to look at these, uh, these, these uh, matters. But, uh, you know, hopefully this will you know, be, be a first step in getting some uh, understanding and some attention to some of this fun stuff we've been looking at for some time.
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of stories. I can't wait to share them with you Yeah, and maybe the other two or three people that listen.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as is probably uh, obvious to anybody who's listening, we we don't even yet know, um, you know, what this podcast is even called or where it will live, <laughs> but right. uh, or, or, but um, but we've had a good time doing it so far, and uh, I guess I have to. I'm going to attempt to read um, a disclaimer, so my corporate overlords don't don't get too mad at me, but. Uh, you know, any opinions are, are those of Burke Coons and or his friend, John Victor, not necessarily those of Raymond James. There's no guarantee that these statements, opinions, and forecasts provided here will prove correct. Any information is not a complete summary. A statement of all available debt necessary. For making Reagan investment decision, it's not a constituted recommendation. Uh, Burke Coons and a financial advisor at Raymond James, member of New York Stock Exchange, et cetera. So, anyway.
1: Yeah, and as uh, I don't run a fund, but still on the basis of full disclosure, uh, I am not invested in any of the things i discussed
0: discussed. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I don't even know if, if that, uh, if, if that uh, disclosure will be applicable going forward. But I thought it would just, uh, just uh, in the near term. Yeah, so that's it's good done.
1: policy. Yeah. People want to know if you're actually you know, talking your book. Right. I'll tell you if I'm talking my book. Right. I do <laughs> own that stock that trades at one times cash flow that I didn't bother giving you the ticket. Right.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, well um i don't even want to cover anything else or uh you think no i
1: think that's a i think that's a great start yeah
0: yeah so so you can edit it into yeah so just just for background um so we've we've done um i guess we didn't fully discuss that we did uh you know betting on zero uh we're the guys that that um helped produce the uh the film the 2016 documentary um about bill ackman's um uh campaign to bring down uh, herbalife the large multi-health marketing company and uh Um, which is, uh, which uh, until recently was on Netflix, I think it just, it just timed off. So uh, make sure you run out and get it on uh, Amazon or or Apple. Um, And, uh, right. um, but yeah, the the things we explored there were somewhere, you know, they're just, they're just crazy narratives and, and, um, uh, and, you know, what happens when you talk about, you know, morals and financials at the same time, (laughs) you often get conflicting dynamics
1: yeah i think we should do a whole episode on mlm and on betting on zero and Herbalife. Yeah, you know it just shows you that you can be right and yet
0: really wrong <laughs> right yeah did i just lose you we lose john's audio here I'll give me a second to come back on are we there so as you can see we're just we're just starting out <laughs> um all right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll just, uh, I'll close that down there. And uh, there we go. Oh, there That's you are. Me. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. Oh, good. Okay. Cool. All right. Good. Uh, well, we were in, we were, we were closing it down anyway, but, um, anyway, we'll right. see, uh, we'll but see, if, see how, this you how, you
1: can, how you can be right and right in the world and wrong in the financial markets. Right. Yes. We had a movie that was right. The facts were right. The, the, uh, the government declared it, everything they could declare it that was bad other than the quotes pyramid scheme. Right. Uh, they were bribing people in China, which has come out subsequently their c e o was fired like everything was right but
0: right the stock did not go did to not. zero
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bill Ackman covered, and yeah. there you go
0: and then now he 's making you know he's he 's still in the news and you know we're of we we're, should bring him on yeah we uh, that 's a good idea it 's a good thing yeah. I guess there was an article in the journal yesterday about his uh his big trade uh, back in february i hadn't seen yeah. it yet but someone was telling me about it so yeah
1: i think i think he'd do that for us he owes us one
0: yeah i guess so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um cool. John, we'll c- catch up soon and uh i'll let you know how this turns out
1: <laughs> excellent good okay
0: man all right her. see you right. Bye. Bye. thank you for listening to the bidding on zero podcast these opinions are intended as entertainment any opinion is expressed on this podcast by Burke Coons, John Fickthorne, or anyone else, or not necessarily Mr. Raymond James. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making investment decision, does not constitute a recommendation. Burke Coons, financial Advisor, Raymond James Associates, Incorporated, member New York Stock Exchange, member of SIPC.